Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of the Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay? Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Дамы и господа, добро пожаловать в Prevail. Это второй сезон нашей борьбы с криминальными сволочами. Ваш ведущий Грег Олиар. I'm Greg Oliar. This is Prevail. Welcome to the program. I'd like to thank BetterHelp for supporting Prevail. For 10% off your first month, go to BetterHelp, that's betterhelp.com slash Greg. Start living a better life today. We've got a great show. Gal Suburban is here. Matt Gates has been in the news quite a bit in the last six months or so, really in the last couple of years or so. Whether it's some crazy publicity stunt, like that time he went to Wyoming to try to campaign against Liz Cheney, or the time he broke into the skiff, still hasn't been arrested for that. Or the time he wore the gas mask in, in the house chamber, you know, during the early days of COVID. The guy just, he has a flair, right? And, and a way to call attention to himself. But some attention isn't so good. Well, today, a key figure in the federal investigation of Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates pleaded guilty to several charges, including sex trafficking of a minor. This week, we found out that his ex-girlfriend, I guess we should put the word girlfriend in quotes, was given immunity and is going to testify and cooperate with authorities to testify against him in this case involving Joel Greenberg. Um, Joel Greenberg being the former tax collector, which is an elected position in Seminole County, Florida. Seminole County is where Orlando is. There's a lot of characters going on in this story you know, not just Matt Gates, not just Joel Greenberg, but they touch a lot of other people that I really am not very familiar with. I wanted to bone up on my Matt Gates knowledge because my sense is that shit is going to hit the fan there. You know, if not imminently, then certainly in the next couple weeks or months. So I asked Gal Suburban to come on the show. It's obviously not her real name. I kind of like the name. It sounds like a superhero name. You know, you put up the signal, the bat signal, and here comes Gal Suburban to save the day. 
she is a um, well, she's a stay-at-home mom, and she lives in Matt Gates's district. But she's a fantastic researcher who has been following these guys for a long time, and is just a wealth of knowledge about all of these colorful characters that exist in the Florida swamp. So I could think of nobody better to have on to, to hit me to, to what's going on. So um, we're going to talk to her about Matt Gates, about Joel Greenberg, about Roger Stone, about Ron DeSantis, and about a whole host of other colorful swamp creatures of the Sunshine State. So we will be right back with Gal Suburban. Whether you try to micro-target district to help swing election for jackass who launder your money, use botnet to swarm journalists talking smack about you, or just want to spread rumor that a lady candidate has stage 4 uterus cancer, the Russian main intelligence director can help. Hi, I'm Konstantin Kilimnik. Ever wonder how terrible people like Rand Paul, Ron Johnson, and the Ted Cruz are senators for life? It's not because they're popular or care about people or good at job. It's because of my comrades at the GRU. We do whatever it takes to get job done. Sometimes we bribe with Maserati and yeah. Sometimes we install insane lady as fake Democrat and then snap fingers and she go how you say bananas. Sometimes we convince the extra stupid senator to write up at about Greenland. And if all else fails, there's always 10th floor window. Russia, if you're listening. Silly Donald, of course we listening. We listen all the time. Contact us today to find out what the GRU can do for you. If we can keep Marco Rubio in Senate, trust me, we can do anything. And now, back to the show. Gal Suburban, welcome to the Prevail Podcast. Hey, Greg, thanks for having me on. So I wanted to have you on because you are active on Twitter researching Matt Gates and Matt Gates's crew of friends and cronies who you've dubbed the Frat Pack. You are, without revealing too much, um, your Twitter handle is hand, your Twitter handle is at Gal Suburban, and your your name there is Mindfuck, uh, at least for now. Um, and you have the, uh, the dubious distinction of living in Matt Gates's district. So you, you have really your eyes on the ground with this guy. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you decided to get interested in this and, and what your process is and what inspired you to, to do what you've been doing. Well, I live here, um, in Matt Gates district and I wasn't, I'm not, like a politically active person necessarily, um, but I'm a stay-at-home mom. And um, when the pandemic hit, I started noticing, you know, what was going on in local politics and paying attention. And that's kind of what made me realize that we have a really awful represent uh, representative here. So um, I decided to put like previous work skills to to task and kind of do some opposition research on him to see like what makes this guy this way you know how is he so awful for these people and that's kind of how i stumbled across you know joel greenberg and the whole story you said previous work experience and skills i mean what did you do before you don't have to say anything that might uh yeah <laughs> you know finger well, I, you for who um, you really are but like what what, what no it's okay yeah i worked for some large companies as like an executive assistant so you can imagine i did a lot of you know uh, all kinds of different things, compliance, calendaring, private plane coordination, things like that. So I have a little familiarity with people who 
have a lot of money, uh, how they spend it, how they use, you know, LLCs and in, incorporate certain things because I did tax returns um, for them and things. So I have a little bit of experience in some of the, you know, monotonous paperwork side of things. Okay. So let's start talking about Matt Gates himself. So I think a lot of people look at this guy and they see this, you know, kind of conventionally handsome, youngish politician guy who's very smug and arrogant and at least at first glance appears to be more with it, I think, than a lot of these other GOP guys. You know, like I think he's got more on the ball than like a Jim Jordan or a, a Madison Cawthorn or somebody like that. But who is he really? Tell us a little bit about like his family, because he's he's a guy whose father is like ridiculously, grotesquely wealthy. Yeah, so he's kind of political royalty in Florida. Um, his dad was uh, the president of the Senate um, in the state house for you know a long time. His dad actually started out as like a, the superintendent of schools here in Okaloosa County, um, and kind of worked his way up. Matt Gates used to wear like T-shirts to school, like you know, vote for my dad. He was kind of that that oh, guy. God. His okay. um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, and. I've read um, and I've spoken to some of his classmates that he was, he's always been like this. He's been really kind of arrogant and do you know who my dad is? And, you know, never really had consequences for things. And, you know, it shows in his attitude, but he isn't, he is intelligent. He's, um, he was in the speech and debate club. So that obviously lends to his ability to have that kind of firebrand attitude where he can clap back at people really quickly and um, kind of knock them off of their, you know, off kilter when they're arguing with him. So he kind of does a little bit of gymnastics around them. They can't really you know, because yeah. it's kind of his thing. He's like trophies and shit, you know, for <laughs> for debate. Like that's how cool he is. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so he's really interesting because um, so so his dad was. It's kind of like a Rick Scott situation. If people know how Rick Scott um, with um, was like hospice care and elder yeah. care, what happened there? Um, Matt Gates' dad similarly had a company that he ultimately ended up selling and gosh, within just a couple of years, it was under like federal indictment for hundreds of millions of dollars in Medicare and Medicaid fraud. So he, his dad was never implicated, but, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting yeah, the you know, timing. timing for that. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Sold it for um, billions of dollars. Yeah. Probably, right. Like, which is yeah. Yeah, a lot of money. Oh, Yeah. Lots yeah. and lots. So like he grew up in a house that, uh, you know, where they shot the Truman Show, the movie, you know, mm -hmm. out there in Seaside. It's really beautiful. You know, what I've noticed with how Matt kind of entered politics was it seemed like dad was, was at, you know, making favors happen for him. It, you know, goes back to Jimmy Patronus, who is now the CFO of Florida. You know, he was going to run for the seat. And then all of a sudden he needed to spend more time with his family. But then he was like later rewarded with the CFOs, you know, so it's, it's very yeah. much good old boys, you know, who, you know, um, is how you get there. And an interesting thing about Matt Gates and why I think he still retains so much power in Northwest Florida is because if you remember the Gulf oil spill, right? Yeah, the Shell oil spill. Um, when Matt Gates' dad was in the Senate, he proposed legislation to basically fight for Northwest Florida to be included in, you know, the the funds that were going to come for recovery and relief for for that oil spill. 
Um, so it was a great service to Northwest Florida on, on the face of it. But then he ultimately wrote Think Legislation or he kind of finagled it in a way where he then became the controller of that money and he left the Senate. And he came back to Northwest Florida, developed this kind of, I think it's under a nonprofit, like a 501c3 Triumph Gulf Coast Funds. And it's hundreds of millions, if not more, I, I don't know the exact total, but um, that he is in charge of. So that would be contracts, uh, you know, uh, construction, yeah. um, grants, anything like that. Matt Gates' dad controls that for Northwest Florida. So it gives a lot of leverage when you're like, Hey, who are you voting for? For, you know, right. For right. House yeah. of representatives. Oh, did you want that contract so that you get the job building the road or the bridge or whatever? Right. So it's and a really something like interesting. That doesn't even yeah. need to be like us. It doesn't even need to be a quid pro quo explicitly. It's just almost very implicit. Like, Oh, you're obviously. Yeah. You're it's gonna... inherent. I don't yeah. think even, you know, most people realize, you know, that there's, kind of a trade-off that's constantly happening happening in, around here. I've thought about Matt Gates a lot, and and I think that he's very much like a young Trump, like a young Donald Trump. I think he has a similar background where his father was super wealthy and connected to powerful people. And his father also, anytime he got himself into trouble, his father would come around and save him and rescue him, mostly through money, but sometimes by um, you know connections and, and stuff like that. And, and also his impulses, his base impulses of, you know, are left unchecked and there's been very little consequences for any bad behavior. Do yeah. you think that's, that's on point or? No, I think that's probably appropriate. He's very well taken care of. I mean, he, he's been pulled over multiple times for DUI and different things. And one of them, which he was leaving a bar called the swamp, which is kind of, you know, <laughs> great. But later that police officer who had pulled him over and cited him on that just happened to not be a police officer anymore after that, you know? So he, I think he's not only is he used to getting away with things, he's used to being able to punish people who attempted to hold him accountable. Right. So I think that that is something that also kind of empowers him to be, you know, as outlandish and fire brandy as I guess he, he acts, you know? Wasn't there something with him and his college roommate or something like that? Um, yeah, so there was, um, I, not, not that he has any connection with it, just something, there was something weird that happened. Are you talking about the one that died? Yeah. 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 So there are rumors. I live here. So a lot of, um, it's not like online rumors. These are people who've lived here and kind of know the family. There are rumors about it, but it's really hard to substantiate those claims. Like, I mean, some might say that that's because, uh, daddy Gates is what we call him, was able to make that go away and others may say it just it wasn't you know it wasn't what it was or whatever but it was an interesting story yeah yeah <laughs> but Not he that did we end wanna, up dead yeah we wanted yeah. to you know to suggest that he's in any way responsible just that you know no. it was something that i think was in the news and you know makes you raise an eyebrow and if it were if there were nothing else around him that was crazy you mm -hmm. twice about it but because of all yeah the yeah. Well, and particularly too, because I think part of the, I mean, I won't go into the details of the rumor, but part of the was drug use and kind of like, you know, promiscuity and things like that. So when you have somebody who's, you know, exhibiting those behaviors, you know, many, many years later, 
um, you know, creating games in the in the house, um, the state mm, house, like yeah. point system of, you know, sleeping with colleagues and aides, and you know, it's just a pattern of behavior. So it tends to it doesn't look good, you know, when that kind of rumor is out, and most of the other facts seem to align. But yeah, kind of like <laughs> kind of like a Brett Kavanaugh kind of thing, where okay, well, you know, it wasn't one isolated thing from years ago. It's like you're still kind of a drunken lout. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not that Matt like Gaetz the locker joker, room yeah. follows you, right? Yes. Well put. <laughs> like, okay. Well put. Um, so Matt Gates is now married, and he's married to Ginger Lucky, whose whose brother Palmer Lucky. These these names <laughs> um, are straight out of some kind of novel, a uh, 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 Carl yeah. Hyacin book or something. Um, who who are these people? Just for for people that who listening who might not be familiar. Palmer Lucky actually is a technology guy. Um, he was, uh, he'll deny it, but he was a big part of the like um, meme warfare in during the 2016 Donald Trump campaign. So alt-right kind of spheres, he was funding a lot of, you know, these guys who would make these memes about Hillary Clinton and, you know, and he's definitely got that libertarian flair um the the silicon valley libertarian flair right and he also gosh what was his he was he part of um tech startup oculus i think wasn't it oculus that's right and facebook purchased it for like an excessive amount of money but later he then started another um tech company which ultimately had a really big contract during the trump administration for border surveillance um yeah yeah um he's also which you know (laughs) carried through he's also the guy that wears the hawaiian shirts all the time so it you know the when when some of these like alt-right dudes show up with their hawaiian shirts i think palmer lucky is the the kind of um, original wearer of Hawaiian shirts, ruining yeah, Hawaiian shirts for the rest of us, motherfucker. Very electric boogalooey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where that, you know, it's interesting actually that you bring it up because the electric boogaloo and even the boogaloo movement of those extremists, mm-hmm. which are kind of more left-leaning than they are right, they're more like, they're anti-government anarchists, but um, it's interesting because those all started from a meme too, so hmm, maybe yeah. We've just happened to come across something. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. Memes are ruining the world. Um, and Ginger Lucky yeah. is just, he's, she's just his sister, right? There's no, nothing Younger else. Younger sister. I, I've seen, you know, she looks like she kind of ran in the Natalie Winters um, Daily Caller type, you know, circles with the those girls. They're younger, they're early 20s. But she's um, from California and I think she like has like a food blog or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I just like to say, um, you know, to Mr. and Mrs. Matt Gates, uh, Mazel Tov, congratulations, wishing you mm-hmm. long, healthy, uh, happy marriage. Um, okay, yeah, so let's get- also privileges. <laughs> one of the benefits, <laughs> one of the benefits, one of the perks, you know, they look very much in love. Um, I think I, you know, when I think of true love and rom-com, I think of those two, I mean, first and foremost, oh, right, right yeah, at the top of the list. yeah, immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Dream sheet. <laughs> So, all right, now let's, you, you mentioned him before, but let's talk about Joel Greenberg because Joel Greenberg's indictment is the, um, you know, the kind of uh, the first domino to fall in what we expect and hope will be many dominoes falling uh, across the panhandle and hopefully, you know, down into, uh, you know, elsewhere into Florida. Um, 
So mm -hmm. who is this guy and what was he doing and what, what was he indicted for? Joel Greenberg is really interesting. He was never involved in politics before, um, you know, before he ran for tax collector. Um, I've talked to a lot of sources over there, um, you know, current and former politicians, um, people who were close to Greenberg and people who were victims of Greenberg. I've talked to a multitude of people personally. So I've gotten a pretty decent picture of kind of who he was. Um, and then the Orlando Sentinel over there has just done some incredible reporting. They've been reporting on him forever. It goes way back. Like he'd been, you know, he was kind of, Greenberg was like a really troubled kid behaviorally. He was actually sent to like a military boarding school for a time. And uh, one of these like basketball guys kind of took him under his wing and like some kind of program to get him on the right track type of deal when he was younger. So, but he, when, when he, you know, graduated, his family is very wealthy. So we're looking at another situation where dad has been, you know, able to kind of rescue him out of situations mm -hmm. that he got himself into. His dad owns Greenberg Dental um, with like over 90 uh, dentist office in the state of Florida. So there's plenty of money there. And what he did, Greenberg, was he had a radio show for a while. Then he got into advertising, like elect, uh, electronic billboards and things like that, which actually becomes relevant, which is why I say it. Um, he did a billboard for the Trump campaign, with, like Trump in like a Superman costume. It was real dumb. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then he... <laughs> And then he had like a candidate for sheriff that had like a bunch of felonies and he put a billboard, I think he put a billboard up, this is my speculation, but he put a billboard up in a prominently black community with Andrew Gillum and this candidate saying that Andrew Gillum endorses him and he doesn't. So anyway, so that's why the electric billboard kind of matters. But he ultimately sold that billboard company and it was worth like many millions of dollars according to records. And then he just kind of decided to run for tax collector like i mean it kind it's of came strange, out of nowhere yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's such an odd position too if you really think about it because somebody who has no concept of like you know the political landscape like who just like goes oh yeah i'll do tax collector <laughs> i didn't even know what tax collectors did until he was arrested and you know, yeah, it's but, not something you yeah, think about. Like Certainly, weird. it's not a glamour position. It's a, it's, it's a mm -mm. behind the scenes position that obviously I don't even know. I guess off the top of my head, you have access to a lot of information and and money and money. You know, sloshing in and out. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, like firearms licensing, so like uh, you know, a concealed carry permit, and uh, you know, they confiscate property, right? So yeah, right, a, sure. A lot of uh, even the guy before him that he ran against and unseated and kind of like an upset, um, Ray Valdez, he was in that position for like 30 years. So the the guy that he unseated and the guy would like, he was real shady too. I mean, it's Florida. So I suppose that's kind yeah. of like, it goes with the territory, <laughs> mm -hmm. but he would, he had like, you know, these properties that would go up for auction because, you know, um, you know they would uh, default on their taxes or whatever. And his family members would buy them. Oh, like yeah, the guy's family good. members would buy them and then sell them and whatever. And so, you know, Greenberg ran as this like no more crony capitalism and, oh, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so it's so great. It's the Republican ticket. That's what it is. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> at this right. point. So it was really interesting that he um, that he did that. And he had a lot of help during that race from people like Jacob Ingalls, 
and Roger Stone and you know some of those guys. So it's a it's a really curious guy to look into. I think. Is it when he was tax collector? That was what is it? Just Seminole County, or was it the whole state, or what was the actual gig? That yeah, he did? it was just it was just Seminole County. Okay, uh, which is pretty big. It's you know we're Orlando and Disney and there's ports there, things like that. So it, it, uh, I think that, uh, Seminole County tax office, um, has a really big budget. I want to say, I'd have to look at it for you. I don't want to misquote, but it's big. It's a okay. lot bigger than typical tax collector offices. Which is weird because Florida doesn't have any like state income tax. So where, where does the revenue come now? I'm, I'm going off the cuff here. Where does the revenue actually come from in Florida? Is it sales property. tax? That's all about property tax. Okay. Yeah. Property and yeah, pro property and sales tax. I, I'm, I'm assuming in licensing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he takes this job as the tax collector and how long was he in that job roughly? Because it was, it was, this is his first term, right? When he got. Right. Busted? Right. Yeah. Um, no, he actually served out his term. It was toward the end of his term. Well, let me let me rewind real quick. So mm -hmm. at the beginning of his term, in the first just few months, he started creating a lot of controversy. I mean, he started, um, he was arguing at county commissioners meetings with these commissioners, you know, telling them like, basically like, well, my, you know, revenue is just a gift to you. I don't have to give it to you. And, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, there was some contentious conversations there. Um, he had weird endeavors he wanted to do, like buying shopping centers and renting them out. And, uh, you know, it just, it was really strange, I think, for the county commissioners to have this guy kind of come in and just shake up all norms, which I think was kind of the plan. It's that firebrand, Tea Party-esque, mm -hmm. you know, mentality. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was very strange. And he had a lot of things right at the beginning. He um, armed all of his employees with weapons. Um, and he purchased a bunch of body armor and drones and ammunition and guns. This went to the the district attorney, Phil Archer, through Pam Bondi to say like, hey, uh, I don't know, if, you know, like could maybe tell him to stop. And it's not really known kind of what happened there. There is a letter about that because they're wearing guns and he had badges made. It was very, it was very strange. He also had just run-ins with people um, he was posting really um, bigoted Islamophobic things on Facebook and, and Twitter and so he had protesters outside of his office and he spent taxpayer money to set up a sprinkler system that he could operate from inside where he could turn the sprinkler system to spray the protesters. So oh my god <laughs> it sounds like a guy that spent like watched too much of the old Batman show and and likes to be in the back a lot of these guys I feel like they're just cosplayers ultimately you know they want the grift yeah. but they're also they just you know let's make badges and let's walk around and pretend we're important and you know uh, if we have guns yeah. that means we're a big fucking deal and it's really we're super just tough guys yeah it's like <laughs> I, what are you doing this is this isn't a Marvel movie. Just settle down. Just go yeah. back to your spreadsheets, man. Um, Super funny that you say that because he was actually um, one of the first, uh, you know, really prominent issues that he had was he pulled over a lady in the middle of the night on his street and he was in like shorts and a t-shirt and he had his little tax collector badge and he berated her for speeding, you know, and 
I mean, from the looks of that, that sounds like impersonation of a, of a, a police officer and it was referred as such, but then they decided, I think the quote was, oh, um, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was attempting to make the community safer, mm. you know? I mean, come on. You're not allowed to pull over people in the car, dude. Um, <laughs> no, dude, dog, no. Do, dog catcher can't even do that. I keep, you You keep <laughs> saying tax collector and my brain keeps going to dog catcher. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, same, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like he's trying to self-aggrandize himself uh, into this thing. So, okay, so he's doing all these weird things. Clearly, there are many, many red flags throughout this guy's life up until this point. Yeah. Now he's given this position of, of power uh, where he's in control of all this money and things obviously are going awry. So then what happens? Well, you know, uh, and interestingly, it's a constitutional officer position too. So it's even, there's even less oversight, which is really interesting. But yeah, so what happens basically is that he, people who, you know, obtain power and they're able to, you know, kind of maneuver people to do what they want them to do. And, you know, you're feeling like you're making money more than you, you know, your public office uh, salary would permit. And then you have an election coming up and that's a little troubling, right? Because you've been in the news, you've created some controversy. And so any sort of challenger, regardless of, you know, their acumen could defeat you just based on your personal decisions. And so I think that's likely, you know, what he was facing. He saw that he was going to be challenged in his, um, in his upcoming reelection race. And I think um, based on kind of the, I think based on the people he was surrounding himself with, the things he got himself involved in, the information and knowledge he had, this was a do or die situation for him, right? Like he had to maintain that office to probably remain free, right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a kind of a Trump Trumpy type mentality yeah, sure. where it's like, good, oh shoot, if time. I don't have this power, somebody else might have it, which means I might be held accountable. Right. Yeah. Somebody uh, might see a shit I've been now. To. Yeah. No, we can't <laughs> right. Nobody can come look at these books. Get out of yeah. here. You know. Um, so, so that's kind of what happened. So Brian Butte, um, who was he was a music teacher in um, in the area at a private uh, private school there, high school. Um, he decided to run for tax collector. And this kind of stems from a property dispute. I, I would say it's like the rural boundary. There's this kind of protected land that um, is over in that area. And one of Gates and, well, this is Gates' former roommate, college or from the state house, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Dorworth. He, was, um, he worked for Ballard Partners, but he also was a real estate developer. And he wanted this property, this rural boundary property, um, to create this massive development on, right? Like m- m- like acres and acres of homes and, and shopping center and restaurants and all these things. But, you know, these people that live out there, there's a reason they put this kind of protection on that land. Yeah. Um, they, they prefer it rural, right? And they didn't want that. So there was this big uprising of the people. I mean, from every political kind of persuasion. It was independents, Republicans, Democrats came together that lived out there in this rural area and said, hell no, you don't, you're not building this here. And so that kind of created a lot of issues for Brian Butte because Brian Butte was one of the co-founders of Save Rural Seminole. So he was somebody who was opposing this property um, that Chris Dorworth wanted 
And ultimately he, you know, started noticing um, some of the really crooked kind of behaviors. And he said, fine, I'm just going to run. I'm going to run for a tax collector. And it was, it wasn't almost just a, within seven days of him filing his um, paperwork as a candidate that uh, he was called into basically his principal's office um, at his school. And they said, we, we received a letter, you know, and we have to investigate it. And he was accused of really just horrendous things of sexually abusing students. Um, it was written in an anonymous format um, from an anonymous student or whatever mm. that said, oh, my friend who is a student of, you know, told me that this is what, you know, Brian Butte did to him and said to him and all these things. And so they had to investigate it, obviously. Right. Um, and ultimately that that is what Greenberg's demise was is because when they were investigating that, and it's a pretty serious thing to accuse somebody of, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. And so the Secret Service um, and uh, the federal authorities, because of it transferring through mail, that's what made it, you know, a federal um, jurisdiction right. versus mm -hmm. a local, which thank goodness, very seriously, thank goodness, it went through the mail and it wasn't like dropped off because it would be probably a different conversation we're having today. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, but they found his DNA on the envelope. And so just just through that, um, you know, they were able to obviously show that they weren't substantiated claims and not that it didn't ruin Brian's life, right? Um, you know, because you had Jacob Ingalls out there doing videotapes about creepy Brian Butte, you know, and he would do these things like, oh, he's tromboning a student because he's a music teacher because, mm -hmm. you know, Jacob's so clever. Um, <laughs> so it really ruined his life. But yeah, that's what that's what ultimately got him was that he that letter went in the mail and and he licked the <laughs> he licked the stamp. And that's what took Greenberg down. I mean, you know, it's so dumb. It, it's I mean, so dumb <laughs> it's so unsubtle and how did he think he was going to get away with that i don't know but there's more to the story right because then i guess in in investigating that how did the other stuff come out yeah so when they um went to you know get him for this particular crime what they did is they found like a backpack in his vehicle when they were um, apprehending him and it had multiple ids in it and many of those IDs would have somebody else's name, somebody else's address, but Greenberg's picture. So uh, that's that's what um, led investigators to really start going, hmm, this guy has access to, you know, the machines and equipment to create IDs. He also has access to this database um, right, to right. look people up, right? And uh you know, there was already some questions from the county commissioners and things like that about expenditures because he had hired um, and contracted with like basically his entire groomsmen, like his, his wedding party um, for different, you know, bullshit contracts or whatever. So there's a lot of money that went out of there that they were already curious about. And they, you know, so it was kind of like a culmination of people who had been reporting to FDLE and uh, local authorities and weren't getting anywhere. And then, you know, the licking of the stamp and the IDs that kind of just it was like, you know, federal investigators got there and they were like, whoa, shit. Like, how long has this been going on? You know? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there were, I have multiple uh, public records where, you know, whistleblowers from within the tax office would go in and make reports, um, like really serious reports. 
and Phil Archer and FDLE and all these people would just sign off like, well, I didn't really warrant a criminal investigation. Mm. And it's like, damn. So yeah, there was some, there was some cover and he, he had a lot of protection for a while till he licked the stamp. So. Until he licked the stamp. What <laughs> happened to Brian? What's his last name? Butte. Butte. What happened to Did he win the election? No, no, he did not. Somebody else did. Um, and it was, uh, Brian's pretty good at telling that story. But, you know, it's interesting. I actually met Brian um, from the research that I was doing into Matt Gates and um, Joel Greenberg. And I oh, kind of was like, oh, wait, you're his victim. Like, you want to talk to me? I'm just like some random Twitter account. And he's like, no, he's like, I just, I can't, nobody understands kind of yeah. what happened here, you know? And so we kind of bonded over just, you know, being aware of a, a story that nobody else really knows. You kind of feel a little isolated, and especially I'm sure if you're the the victim and you felt unheard and, um, you know, not advocated for. And um, so I've talked to him a lot and he did, he finished out that race. I mean, that's, that takes a lot of courage, you know? Yeah. I think he knew he was going to lose. Um, and also the investigation was going on at that time. So he couldn't really he was in a situation where it was like everybody kind of thought he was like this awful like pedophilic abuser of students and children this whole time while he's trying to run this race and he can't really say anything because he knows there's an investigation and he can't compromise right. that mm -hmm. so he had to like brave face it but he did end up i mean he lost but yeah <laughs> he did lose i didn't know that story i feel bad for him um but you know yeah. this is a tactic i want to underscore this is a tactic that these people use they they take information they they uh, send out disinformation and you know it's one way that they can just uh you know fuck with somebody's brain and and, yeah. and spirit you know that all this yeah. guy did was try to um you know do what's right and protect his his um his home um from this development and you know yeah. it's, a, it's a horrible price to yeah. pay for something like that and that's so. such a we the people libertarian thing to do is to say no big business you can't come build on my property like you know how backwards these people are is uh if it all if only if it benefits them you know yeah. then it works then you there's no ideology it, you know? beyond the beyond the money it's literally right. we just watched yeah. the first episode of of yellowstone this weekend and it, that's it that's the whole you know, at least in the first part, that's the whole thing is a fight about, you know, are we going to develop this land or not? I mean, that, that that's, yeah, it, it, it's, I yeah, guess, they one did of that to his, um, his co um, rural Seminole guy, too. He's a attorney and a DOD contractor. And they actually um, accused him via letters, sending it to the DOD. He was set to deploy. And he had to be delayed for that because they said he has a similar name to like basically anybody. His name's like David Bear. Like, so there's like a bunch of David Bears. And they sent other people's criminal records that had the same name and sent them to the DOD. And so the DOD has certain procedures when you have a security clearance. So they fucked up his life too. And that's, you know, that's part of it. It's like, they don't actually care if this person gets convicted of a crime. They're just trying to cause your life like chaos because yeah. they operate yeah. best in chaos and they know most people don't you yeah. know so this smells like the rat fucking of roger stone so let's let's take a little break right now um and we'll talk about him when we come back we'll be right back with gal suburban you know we had a lot of snow this week here in upstate new york and i did not shovel the driveway properly this time i thought my son was going to do it he didn't do it 
And what happened was uh, it froze a lot, and now I cannot get a foot of snow out of the middle of my driveway. So this is the sort of thing you have to avoid, right? You get, you get your car tuned up because you don't want to have big issues down the road. You get annual checkups, so they nip things in the bud. And it's like that with mental health, too. Going to therapy is like that. It's, it's routine maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road, to prevent the mental health equivalent of frozen ice in the driveway of your mind. You know, these are trying times right now, guys. This is, you know, we've been traumatized for the last five years, and mental health is really, really, really important. So it's, it's, it's just essential, I think, for everybody to spend a little bit of time and a little bit of money to focus on their mental health. Going to therapy doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. Better help is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not in your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Prevail listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash greg. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-R-E-G. BetterHelp. Okay, we're back with Gal Suburban after a very long, intensive break, um, during which she did dance, I'm going to say. I'm going to say you mm-hmm. did dance. Mm-hmm. You did. I did. Uh, okay, so for this part, I have a list of names because you've been throwing stuff out on the Twitter where you talk about some of the characters involved with this. And I just want to know yes. who these people are because now All right. um, I think the you know the contours of the case are pretty clear. You know, you have this, this Joel Greenberg guy who's obviously just awful, awful, awful human being, um, should never have been in the position of power that he was given, abused it, and now is, you know, finding himself in a, in a war, in a shitstorm of trouble with the law. And it appears to me that he is singing like a choir of canaries. And, oh, and for sure. Ratting for out sure. every single person he's ever met to try to lessen his sentence. So let's talk about some of the associates of, of Matt Gates and of Joel Greenberg. And um, we start off with Roger Stone, because um, anything bad in Florida has to emanate from the foul stench of that swamp creature oh yes yes for how 20 is he connected years, to these uh, guys <laughs> yeah so he is connected um you know probably through the water system in florida i don't know but um <laughs> uh he is good friends with matt gates he was also really good friends with a few people in seminole county um like la key who Greenberg had like a hundred and something thousand dollar um, salary for, I don't know, nonsense. Um, so he also, um, if everybody remembers to the uh, Roger Stone, you know, he is a libertarian populist. He's got some really, you know, quirky, weird kind of, you know, thoughts on what he thinks, uh, they, you know, how things should run, but he's also a staunch medical marijuana advocate. Mm-hmm. So that is more so, I think, where Roger comes into play with a lot of um, the Matt Gates of the world and the Tea Party kind of influx into the, the state legislature in Florida. So. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the medical marijuana as it goes on. So um, there's one picture, I think it was uh, Ron Flipkowski who shared it with 
the sweaty photo of Matt Gates and Stone. And I think DeSantis was in the photo. So let's talk about DeSantis. Is there any chance that this is all going to come back on DeSantis and get him in trouble enough that he um, doesn't get to run again and he can go away forever from politics or no? What do you think? If we live in <laughs> a society where rules matter and the law is held, you know, standard for everybody, regardless of their power, um, then yes, it will go directly to DeSantis. Okay. Okay. How is he involved with these guys? <laughs> well, Matt Gates was on his um, campaign. So Matt Gates was part of the Ron DeSantis campaign and his transition team into his governorship. Also, there is, um, you know, a lot of information since Greenberg's um, indictment and then plea agreement regarding the blockchain, you know, stuff that has come out of the Greenberg story, if you're familiar, where um, at least I've uncovered that he, he hired a liaison in the tax office who has directly said that part of implementing this at the Seminole County Tax Office was approved by Ron DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis was very, very aware of, maybe not aware of, you know, the, the criminality, but he was certainly aware of, you know, potentially, in my opinion, the Seminole County Tax Office was a beta for um, using cryptocurrency and blockchain technology on a state level to make it, you know, more autonomous from the federal government and, um, you know, utilize it in some of the, you know, the ways that it can be used. So I think he had direct knowledge of that. He also was persuaded by um, Joel Greenberg and Matt Gates, Roger Stone, and um, John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. He's the big time attorney down here, who's actually a Democrat, um, to change his stance during his campaign on smokable marijuana for medical purposes. So yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's very much um, in touch with with the situation and so he's never been asked a question yeah well he doesn't he doesn't let anybody ask him questions i mean anybody right. that asks questions gets thrown out of the press conferences uh, right. which is probably good because that's a that seems to be a place where you go to get covid you know this guy um definitely yeah uh okay so that's desantis um who is jason what is it Broder. no perizolo mm -hmm. Pirazzolo. Oh, Jason. Yeah. Okay. So Jason Pirazzolo is a, hand, well, he was, um, he has since left his job and sold his house. Uh, he, um, he's a hand surgeon and he was good friends with all of these guys in Orlando. I found them way back in pictures together at nightclubs and things like that. So they've known, you know, the uh, these guys for a while, but um, ultimately he was kind of like the honorary uh, house or legislature's doctor multiple times. They would have like a doctor of the month or whatever, okay. you know, in this, in the, yeah, it's kind of dumb. Um, but what happened with Jason Pirazzolo is that I think Jason Pirazzolo saw an opportunity for physicians in the medical marijuana world to kind of lean into some of those connections and powerful people um, to you know, create a lucrative business for himself. So he did that. He created a consulting business where there was a piece of the legislation that was entered at the last minute before it passed that required people to have a doctor 
basically be a part of the process of your medical marijuana licensing and how you get your medical marijuana right. So it was kind of put in at the last minute, right around the same time he kind of incorporated this company and bada bing, bada boom, we got some money here. So, you know, um, he was, he was very involved in, in that section. He also was a private pilot um, and he had a private plane and he would fly around politicians. They would go to the Bahamas, um, and uh, one of which was DeSantis uh, during his campaign. And it's actually in his campaign finance that he paid for like transportation, it was like four, $5,000 in kind. So I think there's an opportunity for a campaign finance violation there, but yeah, that's Jason Pirazzolo. Okay. But he's not a guy, he hasn't done anything wrong. There's nothing criminal. Let's just make that clear. Um, he just knows no, the guys he, and the- well, and- Actually, <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt you, uh, no, but yeah, he's actually implicated in one of the three men, um, when they talk about the three men who went to the Bahamas with Matt Gates okay. with the young girls, ah. he was one of the attendees. Okay, so Matt Gates, right, because we forgot to cover this in the first part. Matt Gates is said oh. to be, <laughs> right, I, oh, I think people know this part anyway. Matt Gates is said to be under federal investigation for uh, sex trafficking for bringing a uh, then 17 year old, maybe she was six, whatever. She was underage, um, mm-hmm. I guess, to the Bahamas, right? Is that the, is that the extent of, uh, of the story or is there more to it? What- yeah, no, I think it's just, um, they're looking at whether or not he left the state of Florida. So whether that was, you know, to DC or Bahamas, I, I'm not really sure. Nobody's really kind of clarified or if it was more than one time that, that she, you know, left the state. But that's that's what makes it traffic, you know, the sex trafficking right. part is leaving state the state lines. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had this little code where they would Venmo each other, right? And they would there were code mm-hmm. words for what they were getting, and it's all really sleazy and dumb and frat boy and just yuck. Um, super frat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super misogynist and disgusting and you know. Yeah. Gross. Ice cream. It, yeah. I think ice cream salad. One of them was just ass. So, I mean, at least, at least that was a little bit like standard, right? <laughs> We're all getting, it's, it's, it's the slow drift of the United States to the United yeah. States of idiocracy, right? You I don't that. know. All I want to know is like, what is in that fucking $800 salad? <laughs> Actually, you don't want to know what's in the $800 No, I don't know. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. Thank you. I, I'm guessing gonorrhea, but I'm not going to, you know. I'm yeah, sure. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But nobody man. tests for anything in Florida, you know. So. <laughs> and if you mm. won't wear a mask, you won't wear. Okay, moving on. Uh, Halsey. <laughs> Halsey Bashir. Yeah. Who's that? Is that a man or a woman? He... Well, I mean, uh, no, he, that's a man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused with Halsey. The, on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, she's a great artist, too. Yeah, she so. is. She is. Yeah. Yeah, not this one. This one, not so much. And also not to be related to the governor of Bashir's, wherever that is, whatever state that is. That okay, not related Kentucky to that or, Not yeah. related. Um, no, Halsey Bashir's was uh, a, a former state legislator, buddies with all these guys. His family owns a very large nursery, okay. plant nursery. Mm. So he was also involved in the... Um, 
creation of the medical marijuana licensing distribution in the beginning when that was passed. His family got one of the licenses, one of the, I think, four licenses were handed out. The restrictions were like astronomical. You had to have 400,000 plants and you had to be in business for like 30 years. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. Sure. We don't know who those are going to, Um, you know, so his family ultimately got one of those licenses and he was working at the Department of Business and Regulation uh, appointed by Ron DeSantis uh, when he was traveling at when his you know expenditures and his travel was questioned with regard to um, Matt Gates and Jason Perizzolo. And so he resigned from his position to spend more time with his family. Ah, uh, well, you know, got, got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. So those are the guys. So Perizzolo and Bashir's were guys that, that maybe were on the plane going to the Bahamas, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And he's also and all of this stuff seems to be tied into this medical marijuana thing, which, you know, great, let's have medical just legalize the whole fucking thing. Um, But they're not going to do that. They're going to make it so that their buddies can profit from it. That's pretty much what it seems like is happening. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're going to get the marijuana, but you're going to get it through, um, you know, our friends crony kind of kind of way that 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 appears to be what's going on. Yeah, and that's another thing they're investigating with Matt Gates. So it hasn't been spoken of as much, but there is reporting that they are looking into um, pay-to-play and um, you know public corruption with regard to this medical marijuana situation in Florida. Okay. Um, okay. Next name is well, John Morgan. You mentioned he's the lawyer, right, of Morgan and Morgan, who's mm-hmm. a Democrat and helped lobby uh, DeSantis and the legislature to do the medical marijuana legalization yeah is there any more to him smokable smokable okay Mm -hmm. is there anything else with him or he's that's he's just part of that which is again lobbying for to have that happen is totally fine and actually cool but yeah yeah yeah. i don't think he's i mean he's he's pretty uh you know he's a pretty good uh rich guy right like he you know he he advances a lot of social issues and he is a democrat um but you know, I mean, this is—it's who you know and 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 how yeah. you get there. So you got to play the game if you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I just want to so. make sure we. Okay, so I don't I'm not think worry anything criminal with him. Okay. Yeah. Nothing criminal with him. Good. Okay, Frank Artiles. Oh, Artiles. Artiles. Mm-hmm. Frank Artiles. Okay. Artiles. Yeah. Um, yeah, you hit that Spanish flair with these boys sometimes. Okay. Um, he is down in South Florida, mm-hmm. and he is a consultant, and he is currently on trial um, for um, bribing somebody or paying somebody to run as a third-party candidate in a Miami race to siphon votes from Democratic voters, mm. which ultimately did was successful, the, and the Republican won by 32 votes. I think I, I remember that now. Okay. And he's connected with mm-hmm. Matt Gates or he's just somebody corrupt in Florida. He is. He was um he was in the in the state legislature with uh, legislature with um, Matt, Chris Dorworth, um, all the same same people. Um he actually resigned from his position um for being basically like you know, an overt racist and also hiring um Playboy models and Hooters girls as political consultants. So that's that's kind of his backstory, but he is um, he's related to them uh, more recently, and with regard to these candidates because of the firm that he was hired or contracted through, which is Data Targeting, um, who also 
ran a lot of um, Ron DeSantis's uh, gubernatorial campaign, Matt Gates for uh, District One campaign, Jason Broder um, in District Nine, so and on and on. Okay, Jason Broder's the next name on my list. I thought it was Brodeur, but okay. I mean, maybe he'll you don't have the that, French but... flair. You only have the Spanish flair. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. Not for Jason, no. Mm -mm. Okay. I, won't, I won't go there for him. Um, yeah, Jason's pretty awful, and uh, he sucks. He also had a third-party candidate in uh, independent candidate Justine Ionati or Ionata, something like that, um, who miraculously moved to Sweden like a few days after the freaking election. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> Like really, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, oh my god. So, <laughs> and he also, um, I found in like a lot of his campaign finance records, he's paid Jacob Ingalls directly through Jacob Ingalls' online diary or something. I don't even. He's not a journalist. He's not a, and he's hardly a blogger. He's kind of just a bullshit artist who likes to slap the keyboard every once in a while and talk shit. So, um, but he's been paid by people like Jason Broder, you know, upward like 30 grand to write, you know, puff pieces or, or smear pieces on opponents, um, which also, you know, ties us back into our, our friend Roger Stone, yeah. as Jacob Ingalls is his like, you know, protege, mini me. Ah, but, okay. Yeah, so that's he's, yeah. yeah, the next generation of rat fucker. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So Jason Broder is a politician. You know, he's, um, he, you know, ran in that district and in, in Seminole County area. He had the, he had another shill ghost candidate siphon votes from the Democratic voter. Voters wait, so to, uh, wait, is the mini Roger Stone is, is Engels though, or is it Broder? Correct. Yeah, it's Engels. No. Okay, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure correct. we're getting Sorry it. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, no. I just want to make sure we're, we're getting it right because Roger Stone, I mean, made a name for himself by doing something similar, by writing letters that were fake to, what was it, in New Hampshire? I can't remember the details. That was one of the first things that he did for Nixon when he was just a just a, a young lad and mm -hmm. had not, um, you know, maximized his evil yet. So, yeah, oh, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a technique he's very, yes. very familiar with, um, you know. Very, writing, yeah. Writing he's very familiar and, with, like, compromise, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big fan big fan of that okay so that was the last oh no those there's one more name on my list you have this battle going on with this guy whose twitter name is young billionaire who's that ah! guy? <laughs> what is that all about because i i don't really understand who he is he just he doesn't oh. seem like someone i would want to hang out with really you shouldn't never yeah. ever okay yeah you're talking about gonorrhea early earlier that dude is like he is chock full of that some some things he likes the strip club like okay. a lot, that yeah. boy. He's Mr. Money Phone. I call him Money Phone because, like, I have found so many pictures of him with like these stacks of cash, and he just like puts it. I don't get that. I mean, I guess it look, does it look cool? I don't. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the answer would be: phone. You mean he takes pictures of himself with lot with sums of money, and you're with and, like wads of cash, yeah. at, like it was a phone, like a 1990s brick phone, like do 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 do. Hello. Yeah. Wow. Does he do that? Uh, does he post that to Instagram and stuff? Totally. Yeah. Oh, I think you're it's wrong. Really I think cool. that's very cool. I can't imagine anything cooler <laughs> than that. Remember um, a couple of weeks ago when Mick Jagger went to the like the pub in North Carolina or whatever, and nobody knew who he was, and he was just hanging out there. <laughs> Remember that story? He that's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing compared right. to this guy putting a brick of money, yeah. pretending it's a phone. You right? know what? That's what Mick Jagger needed. He needed to answer his money phone, and everyone like, "Whoa, who's that guy? He's so important." 
And they but is he is out. this guy connected to anybody, or he's just a colorful person that you encountered along the way? So he is. He's connected to Keith Ingersoll, and Keith Ingersoll was just indicted uh, in the beginning of like second week in November on forty one federal charges. Forty one so. seems like a lot. Is that a lot? Seems like a lot. It's a lot. It's more yeah. than Greenberg. So I mean. <laughs> The competition boys, let's see what Gates gets. <laughs> um, okay, so wait, so who's that guy? Who is Keith Ingersoll? So Keith Ingersoll was just indicted with um, a guy named James Adamzak. Um, there was a real estate transaction toward the beginning of uh, Greenberg's uh, term as tax collector where it was like kind of, a uh, you know, they got like $200,000 benefit you know, from it. Um, but Keith Ingersoll was somebody that Greenberg paid a fee or um, a contra had a contract with, with taxpayer money for real estate um, consulting, which didn't make sense because tax office wouldn't be like, you know, investing in real estate. Um, right. yeah. Anyways, so that's kind of where he came into the picture. Um, what I have since discovered from that um, is that during the time that Greenberg was kind of like just, you know, running a fuckery of guns, ammo, crypto, whatever, out of that office, you know, simultaneously, Keith Ingersoll had opened up a cryptocurrency wallet or coin offering um, with uh, some really interesting characters, one of which, I don't know if you know the name, Mikhail Margulis. No. Okay, Mikhail Margulis, he's dead now. Okay. He, he died two days after Keith Ingersoll's indictment, so I'm sure that's <laughs> R.I.P. fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's from Russia. Um, no way. Get right out of town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he also knows Roger Stone really, really well. Oh, uh, okay. Did, so he fall, did, remember... he, did he fall out of a window? <laughs> How did he die? Did he fall out of a window? I think yeah. it was window cancer is what I heard. Yeah. 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 Uh, Poor guy. But he's a theocrat. He's like a theocrat, uh, like a theocrat, I guess, I guess you say. But um, he uh, he was the guy who brought, uh, you know, Russian voters to Trump in Florida. He he sent uh, Christian or Christian Millian to Roger Stone with uh, dirt on Hillary. Mm. OK, so that's where Mikhail Margulis comes in. But he was in this weird cryptocurrency uh, coin with Keith Ingersoll at the same time that there was cryptocurrency being run out of the tax office. And, you know, money was being laundered out of the tax office into crypto wallets. And then all of a sudden, you know, Keith Ingersoll and Mikhail Margulis and Money Phone, Mr. Money Phone, and his girlfriend, Yulia Konstantinova. Mm -hmm. Right. Also. She's not, also. Yeah. Russia. Yeah. She's yeah. also from yeah. Russia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they had this coin offering and. You know, they had as videos, one does. They had merch. You know, they had merch. <laughs> what was it called? What cool. was the coin called? What was it called? Their crypto thing. Oh, it's organic fresh coin. It, I can't. Oh, I don't I even it. know what to say about that. I. I. It. That's so. It gets worse. I'm telling you. <sighs> Keep going. <laughs> they had Keep this going. commercial. It was. It was like, do you want to know the farmer that picks up the food and brings the food to your table? And this is what this blockchain coined or whatever. It's like so insane. It's about. It was like sustainability and farming and food in Belarus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing so, sustainable about crypto. It's it's all about or it, Belarus it, or right Belarus, now. Or Belarus, yeah. It just it, crypto. Just the mining of the of the, of the Bitcoin is ruining the environment. It's just point blank. So yeah. 
that that's preposterous organic yeah, fresh so, <laughs> did it sound better in the original russian i don't know i have to ask some russian speakers um, uh... you know well when like, like when yulia went on and did like her selfie thing she was all about that you know she's like we're having a great day and you know yeah <laughs> this you know the new coin whatever but um so basically with mikhail margulis he was the honorary consul of belarus to okay. Florida, he was appointed that, so he was in an official capacity doing this. Um, he Wait, also he was appointed was, by by the dictator, by the Belarusian the Bushes, government. By yeah, by no, 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 by us, by America. Like, oh, by America. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was the uh, the honorary consul to Belarus for Florida and New York. Surprise, surprise, right? Okay. I know it's just it's so yeah uh i can't make this shit up i'm telling you no i mean i'm not that creative i'm really no. not um, <laughs> but yeah so he uh was really good buddies with lukashenko as most people are yeah well i mean guy. he seems like a really fun guy you know he likes yachts and mustaches mm -hmm. it's good pretty girls maybe yeah. i don't know mm -hmm. um but yeah so the this coin apparently was backed by the country of belarus so you know it's good <laughs> Belarus is a country, by the way, that has, you know, has had major inflationary problems since it's mm -hmm. you know, started issuing currency in 93, I think was the first yeah. year the ruble was, was introduced. You can get, you know, thousand, ten thousand. It's, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. One of the guys we had, I know it's really laughable, honestly, because it's like, um, hello, was anybody paying attention to what the fuck was happening here? No, obviously not, no, you know, um, no. <laughs> but we have like a crypto, uh, cryptocurrency kind of fraud specialist. Um, I kind of brought it to them. They, they do like a, a podcast it's called Cointel Pro and they dug into this thing. The coin offering was like $15 million and 12.9 million of it was utilized. However, that works in crypto world. I'm probably just butchering it and I apologize, but uh, so 12.9-ish million of that $15 million initial offering was used, but it was only distributed into two wallets. And so basically the, you know, the expert who I lean on for that information was, I mean, their determination was this was, this was an avenue for money laundering. There's really no, there was no purpose for it. We don't know where it went. Um, and it's not part of his indictment. So I am expecting a superseding indictment on uh, Keith Ingersoll. Are you trying to tell me that crypto is a way to launder money? I heard crypto was a way to save the world. Yes. That's my sarcastic right. voice. Okay. It's, oh, it was? Oh, okay. Well, good fool me. That's really good. Every time Matt Damon comes on with that fucking crypto commercial, I want to smack him. It's really obnoxious. What? Matt Damon is doing that now? It's like, how much money do you need, dude? Like, what are you doing? Settle He's, down, Matt Damon. Really? Yeah. That guy? Tom Brady's uh. doing it. Matt Damon's doing it. I, I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah. Uh, ben Affleck I mean, is doing sports book commercials for Win Online, and Matt Damon is doing Crypto.com. That's the Win. Like, wait, 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 wait. Sports book betting, which is a huge Are thing. Are you now. fucking kidding me? No, it's oh, a huge deal right now. Be... I mean, the the sports yeah, people book, need to pay attention. You used to not be able to advertise that. First of all, it was illegal anywhere except for Vegas and Atlantic City. Then it slowly has become legal in more states. I think it's now legal in New York State as of this week. 
according to the 8 million ads I have in my Twitter feed about sports. It's coming to Florida. I'm surprised you don't have it already. And again, I don't don't necessarily object to it existing, but to advertise it during the afternoon, on Sunday afternoon on the football games, (laughs) when kids are watching it is probably not a great idea. I don't know who Yeah, well, Sheldon that. Adelson is a huge funder of Ron DeSantis. I mean, he's dead now. So the was, ghost of Sheldon Adelson. Was. <laughs> the ghost of Sheldon Adelson. Yeah. That no, guy. but it's all, all this stuff ties together. So my God, what a cesspool mm-hmm. this all is. You've got, you've got Super. crypto, you've got, well, you don't really have sports book there, but you have, you have the crypto and you've got uh, weird well, land deals and you've got sex mm-hmm. trafficking and you've got Venmo money here and there and tax collector malfeasance and cronyism and roger stone and um my god it's just a it's just a big mess so um yeah. did we did we miss anything did i miss anybody is there any that's other- what i'm trying to think now yeah. too because there i mean we have some some ladies involved like you know i call them the girl gang so i've got my frat pack and i've got the girl gang okay um you know because there were some girls that were you know profiting off of this and it wasn't the you know the the Venmo recipients necessarily. It was some of the consulting contracts, and yeah. you know it would kind of like combine with medical marijuana, but also with kind of getting naked with people. You know, typical consulting yeah, for as political. It does, you know, that's you know, what. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean the the story is really widespread. I think it's there's a lot more than you know, just kind of what is being focused on by most people, which is, you know, the tantalizing kind of, you know, sex conversation, you know, and I think, uh, I think they're, they're missing the foreplay. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of pay to play. There's a lot of, you know, backroom deals and um, people are making a lot of money off the people of Florida and the people of Florida are suffering as a consequence of that. And they don't have a lot of a representation that is legitimately elected that is going to fight for them for, you know, whether it be health uh, related public health, you know, situation or unemployment or, or whatever the case is, it's just not, it's not okay in Florida. And I think uh, people could pay more, a little more attention to some of this that's going on. It, it might help explain what we're looking at today. It sure would. Is Pam Bondi still the attorney general? Who's the state attorney general in Florida now? Uh, that's Ashley Moody. Oh, okay. Is she just yeah. as bad? She can't be that bad. Oh, she's worse. Than Pam Bondi. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Poor, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Joel Greenberg's time spanned Rick Scott and Pam Bondi and then Ron DeSantis and Ashley Moody. So, okay. you know, and, and it went completely ignored. I mean, there were so many complaints. And so maybe, you know, maybe what will happen is, is, you know, Rick Greenberg will be like a cancer in the body of the, the criminal uh, thing that is these people and will ultimately lead to all of their downfall. That's what we hope. What do you think this is, this is, um, cause we're about at an hour, so we got to wind down, but where do you think this is going? Like, what should we look for? What do you expect to have happen, um, you know, in the coming months? What, I don't know how long it's going to take, but, uh, sure. you know, Gates hasn't been indicted yet. It seems like I thought he was going to get indicted a lot earlier. The fact that he hasn't yet probably means that there's a lot of shit that they're digging up and that people are, yeah. are cooperating. I think the um, the the delay in indictment for Matt Gates is bad news for, for Matt Gates. I yeah. think it's very bad news. I don't think it's good news. <laughs> yeah. um, 
what I think we're looking at is we do have, you know, um, we have made some progress with Keith Ingersoll and James Adamzak being indicted. Um, that was just recently mid-November. And I think that Greenberg has a lot of information. He, I think not only was he doing all these things, I think he was taken advantage of by some of these guys yeah. um, in, in a way, right? He was used. And I think he was, he wasn't, you know, a genius, but he was, I think, smart enough to kind of keep some some leverage for himself. I think he saw yeah. what they were doing, wanted to be like them, and maybe that ultimately will end up helping him. I think he's got some things on that phone. So I think he's singing, and they're going to be putting the pieces together. There's been uh, hundreds of grand jury uh, subpoenas that nobody has talked about. Um, they're not, like, really publicly known. Um, but you also have a trial going on in South Florida relating to shill candidates in the 2020 election. This is the clear election fraud. And it will ultimately um, converge on Greenberg, Gates, Broder, all of these guys. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, it's very, you know, inter interlinked. You also have January 6th. And there's going to be a lot of campaign finance uh, violations and money that was moved and laundered um, for, you know, weaponry and travel and different things to get there to attempt to, you know, overthrow the government. So I think we're looking at a conspiracy charge um, for a lot of these guys. Um, I think the next thing we'll likely see is a Keith Ingersoll superseding indictment yeah. for uh, that that money. Um, and... Uh, I'm hoping we see Jacob Bengals um, because of his involvement in stalking the teacher and others. And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do about the, you know, these candidates and uh, that, that money. So I think watch the trial in South Florida with Frank Artiles and, and that'll kind of determine where we go, I think, from there because they're, they're waiting for that. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for, for coming on and explaining all of this, because I think it, you know, it is really important and there's so much else going on, I think in the country and the world and, um, you know, tr trying to keep focus and keep all these characters that a lot of people who don't live where you live have ever heard of before is hard. And it's, you know, it's taxing to the brain. And now we, you know, we definitely, I have a much better idea of what, you know, what to look for and who did what and, um, you know, who's wait? Who's doing the? Um, who's in charge of the investigation? It's federal, right? So it's it's U.S. attorneys. It's the Department of Justice. Yes, it is. Yeah. In okay. it is in South Florida. Okay, is really because, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's I. That's who would do it. Central Florida has refused. They've refused. Yeah, they're not interested. Federal Central Florida. Well, no, or? no, no. The state guys, the state guys, because they oh, try yeah, to yeah. pass okay. off, you know, the information to them, and they're like, no, nah, you know. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why. Um, well, you know, let's hope that you guys get better, uh, better governance governance down there, because um, you know, from where we are in New York, I mean, it's inevitable that everybody who lives in New York will eventually, one day, move to Florida. So we would like it to be better for when <laughs> when that day comes. Um, <laughs> so, Gal Suburban, okay, you're on Twitter. It's just, is there a, is there a a height an ampersand like a underscore in it, or is it just all one? There it's, is, yeah. Okay. Between so the gal and, the, and suburban. the suburban. So it's gal underscore suburban on Twitter. Um, go check her out. And, and you were also on the podcast that you mentioned, the Coin Coin Intel Pro podcast. There's yeah. an episode that I listened to that was very good where you you went on and explained some of this stuff. So I encourage people to go uh, check that out as well. 
keep up the good work, keep keep uh, having us informed, and maybe at some point when when this shit uh, you know starts to <laughs> starts to uh, hit the fan, you can come back on and um, you know take a little victory lap, and and we can light up some Cuban cigars or something, you know. And, and yes, celebrate. let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, yeah, Gal Suburban, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. The Prevail theme song is by Matthew Fassa. Sofia Tereshenko provided the Russian introduction. Voice talent is provided by Tally Briggs, Sigmund Della, Stephanie St. John, Brett Petticord, Ryan Byrne at History Falls Apart, and me. Thanks to Allison Gill, Molly Hawkey, Kanai Williams, and everyone else at MSW Media. Please subscribe to The Prevail website with updates every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. Your $5 monthly subscription funds the site and the podcast. Visit gregoliar.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. Drive safely. Don't forget to tip your server. Until next time, we shall prevail. MSW.